guys and welcome. So here good to are. be here. Hello, <laughs> Hello, Pierre. Our first session, right, on table talk. That's great. I'm yeah. excited. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to speak to the two of you. I hope that uh, uh, I convert you by the end of the session. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> no, listen, I'm excited for this. And thank you for joining the conversation. Um, as we start this series today, Table Talk, uh, we really have felt prayerfully led to look at some topics that, that followers of Jesus, that, that Christians sometimes battle with. Now, I know the, the list is long yep. and we can't get through all of those, but there are these that we're going to look at over the next few weeks that I think is going to help us just uh, be better followers of Jesus, to help us understand what He expects of us when these difficult things come up. So I know that I'm going to be learning from you guys today, which I'm super excited about as well. Yeah, and super excited as well too to get an opportunity to go through the Word and to have a casual conversation. And today's topic is disagreement, right? <laughs> That's great. Uh, and as you know, and we're in the body of Christ, just on this table right now, if you wanted to talk about football, we'll probably disagree. Want yeah. to talk about rugby? Yes. Is it not soccer? There we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, potato, potato. Wow. You, you know, and, and we bring that same stuff into the house of God. Sometimes we disagree. And Pierre, you're a, you're a leader church, and you know, Henry, you're, you're in full time ministry. Mm. I'm sure you've had many situations where you've come across people who are disagreeing or situations where right. you've disagreed either with people in the church. I just want to get a sense from how do you handle those scenarios in those situations yeah with a lot of prayer and much grace <laughs> but i think um the byline of this series is biblical uh, viewpoints on difficult topics mm -hmm. or biblical truths and i think the bible is the great differentiator mm -hmm. when we live our lives with the bible open and um, it neutralizes the ground mm -hmm. because as followers of christ i believe everything we need to know and understand and live by is in here so i i believe if we just tackle things with the Bible open. Even the ideas of disagreement, I believe the Bible says, how do we disagree well? And I think those are some of the things that we're going to be discovering today, which is exciting. I think that's such a, such a good point. And I think many of us are even wondering sometimes, is it okay to disagree? Just seeing how it's going. I can, and then speaking for myself here, being a little bit vulnerable, there's times when I face disagreement, when I'm struggling with emotions, emotions like frustration, even anger sometimes, um, hurt, That's all right. those kind of things, fear. And, and, and that begs the question, uh, firstly, as I said, is it okay to disagree? And then secondly, is there maybe a, a principle or a guideline from which to face disagreement? Yeah, Henry, there's, there's a lot of thoughts on that. I think I want to just um, look at something you said. It's, it's a, around the heart and how we feel, and it's frustrating. And Look, life is full of disagreement. Um, we don't have to look far to find it. And we would be uh, ignorant to think it doesn't exist amongst Christians or followers of Jesus. Um, but one of the things that's, that I've always held, held high in my own walk with the Lord is Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, the high priestly prayer, mm -hmm. just before he's facing Calvary, before he's going to the cross, before he's facing that moment of overcoming this world. He prays to the Father and he says, Father, I pray that they may be one just as we are one. Mm. And he was speaking about the relationship he had with, with God the Father yeah. and how deeply united they were. And this is Jesus praying that. Mm. And, and, and I want to say that it's my greatest desire to, to help fulfill that prayer. Mm. That we can mm. live in a way, and even if we disagree on things, 
that we can still be united, that we can still be one and maybe see things in different lights, but we are still one because of what Jesus has done mm. on the cross. So I think that's, for me, the, the, the most important guiding principles uh, as, a, as a Christian. I mean, that sounds amazing, Pierre, but, you know, I, I just want to try and dive a bit deeper into that. Um, what's really the foundation behind that? Because we all come from different walks of life. We've had different experiences. We gave our lives to the Lord at different times and at different ages. Yeah. And we are all united in Christ. And sometimes we just don't see things the same way. Uh, yes. I prefer quick, short worship songs. He prefers to <laughs> sing along forever. And sometimes we just don't find common ground. And what is the foundation that helps us to deal with disagreements as, as brothers in Christ? Well, I hope to look into the Bible, but there is a statement that has really helped me over the years. And I believe many leaders in, in Christianity, it says that in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. So what that means is in the important stuff in our Christian walk, we've got to be united. There's got to be unity on those things. In the non-essential things, the things that aren't that important, uh, there's liberty to see things in a different light. And then lastly, in all those things, we've got to maintain love because Jesus paid a high price for unity. And to, to even think about the idea, as you mentioned, Matt, that different ages, different walks of life, different ethnicities, backgrounds, experiences... It is a beautiful thing that the mm. church could actually be united, <laughs> thinking about our, 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 our backgrounds and where mm. we've come from. So I think if we can hold some of that um, principle up, and the principle has been around in the church world. Mm. We see it in the, in the early church. Some say it's Augustine who said this. Mm. Um, some say, no, it's later theologians in the 1600s who coined this idea. But I'm going to just say that again for clarity. In it's essentials, unity. unity. Mm -hmm. In non-essentials, liberty, liberty. But in all things, charity. charity. Okay. Yeah. And sorry to keep diving on this. Now, please. You're a you're a pastor, and what what defines what's essential and what's non-essential? For Henry, oh, might feel that you question. know what Henry and I are putting on blue. <laughs> you didn't you get guys dressed so, dress so well for this session. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, for us, that's maybe an essential thing, mm -hmm. right? And for, for you, Pierre, look, just come to church without a vest. That's, that's essential. So how do we get to a point where we're able to look and say, this is essential, this is non-essential, we can give a bit more grace to this, and this is let's cover all of this with love and let's, you know, have all these things covered by charity. I think that's a, that's a very important question. Mm -hmm. So we have the Word of God, but I think what I want to add at this point is also rightly mm -hmm. interpreting the Word of God. Because yeah. we've even seen churches split and believers fighting on, 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 on that. So I think how I see it is that there's, there's the body of, of Christian history, of church history, of, of good wisdom and godly wisdom and confirmation over the years of what the general... Uh, Christian belief should be um, that we have. We have our statements of faith and as an evangelical church and falling in the, under that bracket, mm -hmm. we, we ascribe to a certain statement of faith and also to the Apostles' Creed. Mm -hmm. So we have all of these things that adds to, to the Word of God. Um, so in my opinion, the Word helps us differentiate, but we also have these other bodies of ideas that we add to that to help us understand what are essential things pertaining to salvation and belief and Christ and Calvary and the cross and the Father and the Holy Spirit and the church. Mm. But then there's non-essential things that 
It's maybe more cultural and maybe a little bit more personal for all of us. I love it. You're getting practical there. And I think that's, that's where I want to go to get practical because it sounds beautiful. But okay, now practically I'm married to someone. Practically I'm in church with someone. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. And, and, and I want to tie it to something interesting, um, evangelism. 101, when we get trained in that, one of the first things that you learn is you cannot convince someone to accept the Lord, receive the Lord, however you want to put that right. That's it's right. God's work. It's the Spirit's work. Mm -hmm. And now you talk about essentials, what's interesting to me in the, in the Christian culture. We receive that, and I, I, I know I, I can't convince Matt to receive the Lord, but in everything else, I'm going to try and convince him. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. So where does the supernatural come in? Where do I trust God mm. to convince someone of, of the essentials? Yeah. Doesn't make sense? I think what I'm hearing you say is two things. It's like, how do we do this? So even convincing people of essential things, and I believe this, it really goes down to, to maybe the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So even evangelism... That's an essential. We want to teach people that there's a God, a creator God who loves you and has given his son for you and love him with all your heart, soul and mind and then love your neighbor as yourself. So even in, in the idea of evangelizing, how would you want to be approached by someone? Did you want to get like force fed on, on ideas and, mm -hmm. and be uncomfortable with such conversation? Or, and I think if we can understand that loving someone else, even if we disagree or they see their beliefs different as ours, if we do it in a loving way, that's why I, say, I think the last part of the statement is really the important one. In all things charity, in all things love, goes down to the heart of loving people because we love God. And I think that kind of balances the way for us. In fact, I'm going to read for us, if, if you guys um, don't mind, from Romans chapter 14. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a great example where Paul is writing to this church and he knows that there's some disagreements, that there's some differences. Um, I'm not going to disagree with, with all the vegetarians listening to this message because it does right there like the weak person only eats vegetables. Interesting. <laughs> so at the risk of uh, disagreeing with all them. But he starts this, this part of his letter by saying uh, not to quarrel over opinions. And if we go down to verse 6, let me, let me read for us. He says, the one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us live to himself, and none of us die to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or that we die, we are the Lord's. Important things he says here. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. And then he says, so he's speaking to these people, they're fighting about food and mm. observance of days. He says, why do you then pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And then going down to verse 17, and this is important. For the kingdom of God, mm. this is an essential, <laughs> is not a matter of eating mm. or drinking, observing a day or not, eating meat or being a vegetarian. It is about righteousness, peace, peace. And joy in the, in the Holy, Holy Spirit. Yes, so good. And then he says this, whoever accepts Christ is acceptable to God and approved. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Isn't that beautiful? He says, yes, you who are accepted in Christ, 
who are positioned in Christ don't quarrel about these things because that's not what the kingdom is about. The essentials is that the kingdom is about righteousness, the righteousness of God that has come. The essential is that we live in peace and we live in the joy that the kingdom has brought. So don't judge one another, don't be quarrelsome and live in a way that is for mutual upbuilding. And the way I see it that has helped me is if I understand that you, Matt, are in Christ, and I understand that you, Hanre, are in Christ, and that I am in Christ, we are positionally united because all of us are in Christ. And remember, he's writing to Christians, and he's saying all of you are in Christ. So when you look at one another, the most important thing is that all of you are children of the, the Most High because you've accepted Christ, as we read, and you are approved by him. So therefore, don't get into these quarrels and fight but let there be peace and joy and make righteousness and the kingdom the main priority. I, I loved what you say about the difference between unity and uniformity. And, and, uh, and maybe you can help me appear. You're the musician. I remember, especially as a young man, it was difficult for me to accept that someone doesn't see something the way I see it. And sometimes I even took offense. And I remember one of these times, I actually went for a walk with a great friend of mine. And um, just a side note, it's very good to take someone for a walk because you get out of breath and then you can't argue. Um, <laughs> so even in disagreements, it's good. Go for a walk. It might be a lot easier. In any case, and then this friend of mine explained to me the concept of harmony. And even though you're in unity, mm-hmm. harmony brings out something totally different. And That's now there's, there's, here's the musical terms. In, mm. in uniformity, you... Mm. You sing the same song and the same note and the same key, and it might sound okay, mm. but the moment you go in harmony, mm. you're still the same goal, the same song, mm. but there's different notes and tones coming through. Mm. It forms a harmony, right? It goes deeper into to, to this conversation around that God made us unique. He gave us different gifts. He gave us different personalities. I celebrate the fact that there are different expressions of Christian churches. Some people see it as a, as a challenge or a problem, but... I think people relate to the word and to Christianity and to culture differently. And that's the beauty is that God has given us all these differences so that we create a song, a united song in the the right key signature or scale, but we all sing our notes and it actually becomes a greater musical experience. Church is not meant to be a solo song. It's not meant for me to just stand there and sing and everyone has to do what I tell them. It's meant to be a symphonic orchestra where everyone plays their parts and they play their notes in the right sequence together. And you might be playing a C, but we're in the key of G, but that C Mm. adding to the key of G just brings another tone that's just even more beautiful. Mm. And therefore, I love this idea because if we get to play together in the essentials, the important things in our faith, and we make that sound loud, then God is glorified through our song as followers of Jesus. Amazing, amazing. And maybe just to try and, and round it all up, okay. when it does happen that we have disagreements in the church, um, I'm married, my wife and I don't always agree about everything. Uh, I work for an international organization of leaders, we don't always agree about everything. Also in the church, sometimes we do disagree. Do I write an email? Do I come with a placard? 
<laughs> do, do I get physical? Do I leave the church when I do not agree with my brother? Do I do not agree with my sister? How? What? What does the Bible say about the situations where believers actually get to a point where yes, they've prayed, yes, they've fasted, but there are situations where they actually do not agree? That's great. So let's turn to uh, the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to read from chapter four, just a few verses. And this is this is Paul writing to this church. He says, "I urge you." To walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. He says, I, I urge you to walk worthy of the calling in Christ. And then he explains what that looks like. And I love this. With all humility and gentleness. With patience. Bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the spirit of unity in the bond of peace. So he says, you know what guys? When these things happen, be eager to maintain the unity. Be gentle, be loving. At 2 Timothy chapter 2, he writes this to, to Timothy Aspen. He says, the servant of the Lord is not quarrelsome, mm-hmm. patiently bearing, even when you have an opponent to correct them with gentleness. Mm-hmm. So as followers of Jesus in the church world, we don't just leave and write an email and, and react angrily. Mm-hmm. We, we are gentle. We come with humility. We come with a soft heart. We approach with respect. We approach with, with a way that is patient and bearing with the other side. Some people battle with this idea of calling. How do I find my calling? Well, here it is. How do you walk worthy in your calling? It's just in how you relate well to other people. It's incredible. It's incredible what you're saying there, Pierre. And what I'm hearing today, and I hope it encourages all of us, it's, it's okay to disagree. Yeah, it <laughs> is. <laughs> but the great fact is we have the Word of God. That's our guideline. That's a foundation, the principle that helps us identify the essentials. And not only that, it also gives us clear rules of engagement in mm-hmm. terms of unity, love, not being quarrelsome, all those that's practical great. things that's guiding us. Um, and then it's for me so good. I want to maybe close off with this and give you guys a chance to maybe comment on that. To have unity as our guiding mm-hmm. factor in it, to know that Jesus strives for unity. It's good for me to sometimes ask myself, when I'm in a dis- disagreement, Am I pulling towards unity mm-hmm. or disunity? Henri, that's true. I think we all have to question our own hearts. Because mm-hmm. I think the human nature and the human heart tends to polarize. We want to choose a side. We want to be, be this way or that way. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe a great example is looking at John chapter 4. So Jesus meets the woman at the well. She's Samaritan and Jesus is a Jew. And they start a conversation and immediately you see their worlds collide and their different backgrounds collide and and disagreement potentially colliding in that moment. And then Jesus ministers to her and then she says something interesting. She says, I perceive that you're a prophet, so now I've got a real question for you. Mm -hmm. You people say worship looks like this, Mm -hmm. but my people say worship Mm -hmm. looks like that. Isn't that the way of the world? Always polarizing. We see it in politics, we see it in the economy, we see it in medicine, we see it in the church. We sometimes see it in, in marriage. <laughs> There's the polarizing. And that's just part of our human nature. Our hearts want to choose a side and who's on my side and who's not. But Jesus, being the great answerer to questions like that, says something beautiful. He says, you know what? The Father is after hearts. The Father is after your heart. And all that he is looking for is those who worship, worship him, him in right, spirit, spirit, and in spirit and in truth. Yep. Oh, and truth, amen, there, amen. 
the essentials of our belief yeah. and spirit, our spirit connecting with him. So the greatest thing is to come with hearts of humility, mm. to say, Lord, let me hear what your spirit is saying in this moment. Mm. Let me lean in to understand that. But Lord, thank you for your truth. Mm. Thank you for your word. And I want to worship like that and not play this game mm. of polarizing people, mm. polarizing our culture, our community, our church. Mm. But I, I want to be soft before you. And I want to be part of the song mm. that we've got to sing together yes. in harmony. Yeah. And maybe this is a great place for us yeah. to pray it is. For, for the hearts of people. Yeah. So Matt, maybe you, you can pray for everyone listening. Let us pray. Father, we are thankful that you, you're a good God and that you're a God who loves us and who understands us and who has accepted us for who we are. Thank you, Lord, that we, we have the Holy Spirit who is, in, who is able to come into our hearts and to mellow our hearts when we have disagreements with our brothers, with our sisters, with friends in the faith, in our marriages. And Father, you're able to soften our hearts so that we come into these conversations and these situations with, with humility, uh, with a heart that wants to, to keep unity and that wants to keep harmony. I pray, Almighty Father, for anyone who might be listening right now, uh, who might be going through a situation where, Holy Spirit, you just need to to, to just touch their hearts. We, we pray, Lord, for, for resolution, uh, a resolve to, to want to move towards peace and love in your name. Amen. 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 That's great. Amen. Sure. Thank you, Matt, for that prayer. Guys, what an, what an incredible start yeah. to this journey, yeah, right? Great. <laughs> like, so good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and, and the great thing is there's even more challenging topics coming up. That's great. Yeah, I think it was a good start today. But we're going to lean into some more ones, maybe some more difficult ones. Mm. Uh, we have a great lineup of people um, that's going to be speaking. So go into the next session um, and, and enjoy it. And to just conclude this session, go read Romans 14. Amen. It'll be worth your while. Definitely looking forward to the rest of the sessions. And um, if you've watched today, please make sure that you plug in. Nice interviewing you, Pierre. Great partner. Hey, buddy. <laughs> great. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, guys. Cheers.